Hey, beautiful mama, and welcome to Bell and Beyond. I'm your podcast host, Katie, a mama of one little legend, Hunter, and we have been on the most wild health journey ever. My son was born and diagnosed with a cleft lip, and I want to share with you how I was empowered through it all. This podcast is for mums or soon-to-be mums and dads. Feel free to jump in too. It's a place to debunk the many motherhood myths that leave us feeling confused, lost, and misguided. I want you, Mama, to walk away from every episode feeling empowered and educated to make choices that feel right for you and your family. My heart is to see mamas connecting back to their roots and being exposed to ancient wisdom with modern day education. I'll be bringing you open and real conversations around topics we are not talking about enough with people passionate about seeing you, Mama, thrive from the belly and beyond. Hey, beautiful mamas, and welcome back to another episode of Bailing Beyond. Okay, this episode is super, super close to my heart, and I know that some of you wonderful listeners may have already been aware or been tracking with my pumping, expressing journey, and I'm so forever grateful for the kind words and encouragement that you guys spoke into my life over the last 12 years, Most 12 months. Most of you were strangers on Instagram, and I felt your love and prayers. I am, in fact, a breast-pumping, lactating, bottle-feeding mama, alongside also being a formula bottle-feeding mama to my firstborn, Hunter. I have never fully experienced breastfeeding as my son was unable to suck due to his cleft lip and double palate. One of the many situations on the motherhood journey that can affect our breastfeeding experience. I really want to express my deepest sorry. If you were not informed of the option to express milk and are listening to this thinking, I wish someone had told me about this when I was going through my hard time with breastfeeding. My heart is that every mom that hears this or future mom has the option, if it serves you, to express milk. I am all about the options and I believe every mother should be presented with every option possible before she makes her decisions in motherhood, but especially feeding. If pumping was not the right choice for you, please hear my heart. There is no judgment. There is no criticism to you, mama. I am just literally sharing my heart around this particular journey that I went on by no expectation or choice at all. I really felt like it was forced upon me to explore this option and I decided to take for myself. So if this is triggering at all, please know that I am here to serve and I think that you are the most amazing mom and I completely understand that if you've had a hard time breastfeeding, that hearing this may not be easy. So I appreciate you listening and if it is too much, I also understand, but please seek any extra support and emotional help you think is necessary to take you through this journey. This journey not only allowed me to research, explore, and think deeply and consider the world we live in and the society I am a part of, but I was also able to see the pain and heartache, not only that not being able to breastfeed can cause mamas. If you are hearing this and you did not get that opportunity to breastfeed and you're feeling so many emotions right now and you've continued to listen, can I encourage you to journal, share with a friend, another mum, your partner, what's coming up for you because you could be in fact grieving the loss of what could have been and what was, feeling rejected, 
feeling like something was stolen from you and like all that grief and loss, it deserves time at acknowledgement. Please seek a counsellor. If you don't know where to start, please reach out to me. I've had a huge counselling journey. I know trauma counsellors. I know childhood counsellors. I know marriage counsellors. I am very, very equipped to give you whatever resources and referrals that might help you, and they are all telehealth. There's also Beyond Blue, which is a very short fix. Um, I would consider doing the journey with someone you trust. But please, in fact, be aware that in any other form of grief or loss, we do take the time to acknowledge it and make room for it. And breastfeeding is no different. Breastfeeding and lack of breastfeeding can really affect our initiation into motherhood and our first experience after birth. It can also be the catalyst of postnatal depression. And there is so much research going into that. If you, in fact, were also a mama that did have postnatal depression, I'm so sorry and I hear you and see you. I didn't get to that point, but I felt absolute days of the depths of loneliness and despair and I had family and community and everything around me and I still literally felt like, why the hell am I doing this? I would wait for the sun to like rise every single day and I would count down the hour on my phone. I had trouble going to sleep at night because I was so scared to wake up and do the next shift. I can relate in some way and I know that deep in my heart, if there is any loss or grief, please, please speak to someone and process through that because you mama deserve to thrive and you deserve to feel your absolute best and you also deserve to be acknowledged for that loss and that pain because there is something very unique and special about breastfeeding and there is this sense of connection and touch and stargazing and being very with your baby in that process and I am aware that when that gets um, taken or it doesn't work out, there can be some feelings. I just really wanted to preface all of that before we went on to my top mama tips. You know, pumping gave me a second chance. It allowed me to give my baby breast milk when I felt like the world was flipped from underneath me. I felt like my motherhood journey was really affected and I was really, really disappointed. I also felt like my first encounter with my son was really different to how I imagined. It was not romantic. I did have a natural vagina birth And I can't honestly complain about my birth. I feel very, very, very blessed that I had the birth that I dreamed of. And I know that is not always everyone's situation. But that very first moment when I held my son in my arms was not a romantic moment for me. I had finally come to terms with the fact that he had a cleft. The OB that was in the room confirmed it was a double palate and I knew in that moment my breastfeeding journey was completely over. There was not even a chance of trying to latch. There was no hiring a lactation consult to try and make it work. He couldn't suck. He didn't have a closed root of his mouth. It was game over for me. And I had to make a decision. Was I going to try breastfeeding? expressing and see if that would work for me and take back a second chance to give my son breast milk, it was just in a different way. And it in fact was the hardest, most successful, proud thing I have ever done. And I say that with no disrespect to anyone else that hasn't. It's This is a really personal journey for me. 
And I'm really proud to say that I was a breast pumping mom for 12 months. I made a year and I'm freaking so pumped about it. And I literally am sitting here recording and I can still see the slowly deflating one balloon that I got in gold to celebrate. And it's been a few months because I just didn't want to throw it out. I freaking loved it. One of the things that really got me through was having a group of cheerleaders around me and I also shared with them my declaration. I also did post this on social media just to make a bit of a public statement and you can go back through my um, personal feed, Live in the Abundant Way with dots in between and go have a look at that. But I asked my cheerleaders, the girls around me, please on my bad days, don't tell me Fed is best. I know that. I know that I have the option of formula. I know that we're so blessed in this country to have access to that form of food. I know that. And I am using it. I was using it for night feeds and I had it there whenever I couldn't get enough milk. But what I would really, really, really love from you is on my bad days when I really don't think I'm going to make it, could you please just reply to me saying, you've got this, mama. I believe in you. I see you. You're so strong. You're having a bad day. Tomorrow will be better. His mercies are new every day. And that's literally what my girls came around me and said. And it was the strength and support that I needed sometimes on my tired days, my dark days, my lonely days. And it got me through. And I knew at any point I could tap out. I knew that. I'd already written that in my declaration. I I wasn't here to strive and felt like I was going to fail. I really didn't feel like that. I actually knew I had it in me to complete the journey I set before me. I just made it really clear how I wanted people to support me in that. And it was, in fact, the hardest, most rewarding thing I ever did other than birth. I also had high lipase in my milk. So, mums, I really recommend you freezing some of your milk and defrosting it and checking if there's a metallic taste um, and if your son or daughter is able to actually drink it. My son hated it. It was super high lipase. I didn't realize this until a lot longer down the journey. So once I defrosted it and started testing it, he in fact did not want to drink it. So I was like, right, building up supply ain't going to be an option for me. I will just continue expressing milk as long as I can. But if that is an option for you, oh my gosh, girlfriend, you've got lots of milk, freeze that up. And then at any point, if you want to tap out, you know, you've got all that juicy milk in the freezer and your baby can continue to get that breast milk. So that is super, super cool. I'm later on going to talk a little bit about storing, refrigeration and freezing. So hang on till the end. Because my milk was high lipase, I decided in my 10th and 11th month of pumping that in fact, I was not going to get around it. I tried to mix with formula. I tried to mix it with other breast milk. I tried to scold it. Nothing worked for me. Hunter looked at me and I swear if he could stick a rude finger up, would have stuck it up. He'd pick up the bowl and throw it across the room. I was like, all right, mate. I get the message. So through my wonderful doula, I ended up donating my milk to a brand new newborn baby that had a tongue tie, was having issues, latching, and mum was starting to feel really stressed. And I will never forget the day that I dropped off those bags of frozen breast milk. I basically cleared out Or the first trip, I cleared out part of my freezer because I just wanted to check before I gave them all of it that the milk was actually palatable for this particular baby. And if they wanted more and it was necessary, I would drop a second round. They only live five minutes around the corner from me near my favorite cafe. So I was very excited that I could swing past and get my favorite coffee from Bold Out in Bronte, my bowl on the way to doing this beautiful drop-off. 
Now, this beautiful dad heard me make a bit of a joke saying, ah, oh, don't worry, there's no pressure at all. You're not inconveniencing me. I'm actually being really selfish. I want to go to my favorite cafe and you just happen to be there and any excuses of mom to get out the door is good enough for me. And I really just did that because I, I didn't want him to feel any pressure or like he owed me anything. And when I, in fact, arrived there with one of my friends, I messaged him to come out on the street and I had my bag of breast milk ready and he handed me an envelope. And I will never forget this moment ever in my life. It was the most life-altering moment I've ever had. And I had to hold myself together and my friend waiting in the car and I gave it to him and I just kept the vibe super high and I just kept joking and I just wanted this man not to feel awkward because whoever is in a situation as a male where you need to ex- receive frozen liquid out of a woman's breast in bags on the street for your wife. And I wanted him to feel super comfortable in that moment. I did anything I could just to keep the vibes high and laugh it off. And he handed me this envelope. I got back into the car and I opened it. And it was in fact a voucher of a substantial amount of money that was not required by any means to my favorite cafe, Bold Out. He called the restaurant that night that we spoke at like nine o'clock and asked them to have a voucher ready for me, for him for the next morning. And that moment I burst into tears and I was just like, I turned to my friend and I said, I've done volunteer work, I've served in my church, you know, I love acts of service. I do anything for anyone. I've donated money to different causes. We we weekly give money to our local church. And I said to her, nothing was more precious than that moment in anything I've ever done in my entire life because that bag of frozen milk in little plastic bags was the darkest, loneliest days of my life. And I say that because sitting in the corner expressing milk in the night with no one around you and I tried to do it, my baby was sleeping, was very lonely and I just handed that all over and it was to bless another baby and I never thought when I sat there in those lonely days that that milk was going to be for somebody else and I had to process through that and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is the greatest gift anyone could ever give and I'm so glad that that mum got to have it because she did not deserve any of the struggles that she was going through either. And my struggles, my darkest days, ended up being the biggest blessing to someone else. And I'll never forget that. And that, for me, was the greatest part of my pumping journey. And if I could become a full-time pumping mum to give milk to mums that don't have supply or have issues with anything, I seriously could, like, consider doing that. It is such a gift. It is. That's why they call it golden milk. Um, But anyway, this is me getting all the tears and everything happening, so bear with me. So that was my Lipase milk. Off to a newborn baby. In fact, the baby loved it. It was super successful, and I went around and dropped off round two, and they drank all of my breast milk, and I was so glad that it wasn't wasted and went in the bin. So my loneliest days were my most rewarding days and crafted a part of me and a part of my heart that I'll never forget and for that I am forever grateful. If you made it one month pumping, one day pumping, six months, six weeks, two years, two months, you did did it, mama. Every single day that your baby gets that breast milk is a win. 
It doesn't matter if you made it 12 months like me. It doesn't make matter if you made it six months like someone you saw on Instagram. You just do what's right for you. And if at any point pumping is seriously affecting your mental health, causing you severe stress or anxiety, don't go ahead with it because your baby will feel that stress and that that pain that you're going through. It, there's some hard days. I'm talking about serious ongoing stress and anxiety where you're anxious to pump all the time. And if that's the case, please remove the pressure from yourself. Please reach out for the right help. Have a code word with your husband, your partner. Tap out and use the rest of your supply in your freezer. Even ask if any mums are donating if you want to and switch to formula and be proud of how far you've got. That's all that matters. Hey, beautiful mama. I'm just taking a quick ad break to share with you something exciting that's coming up this Thursday night, 8 p.m. Sydney, Melbourne time. That is Thursday, the 17th of June at 8 p.m. Myself and Claire, an amazing doula up in Western Australia, Perth, are hosting a postpartum class. So Claire's a passionate doula. She loves her doula services, no postpartum services. And we thought, what better way than to team up and to share with you some more knowledge around, you know, our favorite products to have, food products, you know, mushrooms, prenatal supplements, all of those type of, you know, supportive nutritional needs. Plus, I'm also really passionate around the products that you use postpartum and also during pregnancy, but a lot around postpartum and what you're introducing your baby to in those first, you know, six to 12 months. I'm talking baby products and wipes and diaper cream and cleaning products that you have in your home and laundry liquid. These things actually seriously impact our baby, you know, eczema and psoriasis and asthma and all these types of allergies are actually super on the rise. And a lot of it is tracking back to the chemicals that were in the umbilical cord when mom was pregnant. And, you know, we can't take that back. We can't change that. But what we can change is your postpartum experience. If you are already a postpartum mom and you're wanting to learn more about this, please join us. There's going to be information in the show notes and also over on my Instagram at belly and beyond underscore. There's going to be a way for you to grab the Zoom link and be invited to that event. It's completely free. So please come, please share it with any mums. It's going to be a one hour call, eight or nine o'clock. I hope you've got the kids in bed and that totally works for you. Otherwise, still register for the event and I'll make sure I send you a recording. But I'm really, really excited about this. Claire and I have been going back and forth sharing about it. And I really know it's going to be a great another next step and empowerment for mums. Happy to share any of my other like top tips in increasing lactation and there'll be time for you guys to ask questions. So yes, this Thursday night, the 17th of June at 8 p.m. Sydney, Melbourne time, come and join us. All right, well, let's get back into the rest of my pumping journey. Now, three things that really helped me with connection and closeness As I wasn't always receiving that, obviously, through the act of breastfeeding, it was in the middle of winter and I felt like it was really cold to keep doing skin on skin, take my top off. And eventually, as my son got older, he actually turned my nipples into honkers and chew toys. So we weren't going to do any more um, skin to skin once he was about six months because he was a little chomp chomp and he had no, you know, awareness around my nipples actually hurt and they were meant to be for feeding you, but now they are for the pump only and they're not toys. So thanks, mate, but move aside. So instead, 
I love to have baths with him, skin on skin, playing in the bath, holding him in the bath, laughing in the bath. There's no technology in phones in the bath. The sensation of warm water, us being together, eye gazing was really, really powerful for me and I looked forward to that bath with him every single night. It was just such a romantic experience for me and him and we really built a fun friendship. And to this day, 14 months on, I still get in the bath with my son. Even my husband gets in now and we literally have sometimes Saturday morning um, bath parties or Sunday uh, like evening bath parties where we all just literally hang out in the bath and play and hunt to things. It's like the best quality time adventure ever because there's literally no distractions. Co-sleeping, I'm so aware there's awareness and information out there, so please do not go and do anything without doing your own research or say I heard it on this podcast and you didn't follow certain procedures and rules and do your own research and come back to me. I'm just saying I did a lot of research around this. I set my bed up for this. I used certain systems for this. I had my blankets and my pillows in a certain way. I had strict rules around what state I was in when I would co-sleep. My husband was on board. I ended up switching to a co-sleeping bed um, as he got older, so he's in a fully contained bed, but then there's just a wall down that comes up against the uh, bed, and I absolutely loved this experience. It is one of my fondest memories of newborn other than like baby carrying, which is another option if you're not comfortable with this because I just felt so close and I had this moment after about 12 weeks or 10 to 12 weeks, I'd been co-sleeping for a little bit and I just said to James, I feel like we're becoming such good friends and I know that sounds really strange because I'm his mom, but that was just my experience and I really am very grateful for that. And then finally, infant massage. It's a game changer for behavior. It's really um, scientifically amazing for eating disorders, appropriate touch, um, your baby learning no at a young age because you have to do a certain cue to ask them permission and they're super aware. If they cry, then don't like before you want to start implementing um, infant massage, you need to respect that. But a lot of the time when Hunter was having meltdowns, really hectic things were happening, teething, tummy aches, reflux, colic, you name it, stressful car rides, all I had to do was long, beautiful strokes and massaging up and down his legs and his feet and his ankles. And this kid loved it. So I was like his dad, his dad loves foot massages, but I'm telling you the touch calmed me. I felt my nervous system fully calm down. I felt all of my adrenaline calm down. I felt all of my frustration calm down and I was being soothed and basically like really nurtured in this process of actually massaging him. And that's the power of massage and touch. I did that with Angie at Well for Life in Coogee. She does telecalls and in person get onto Well for Life. Um, my friend Beck also does massage um, for pregnancy and her mom does infant massage and I thoroughly enjoyed my six weeks doing the infant massage course with James. It's a really great thing for dads to also do to connect in those early stages as well. If you are a part-time or full-time breastfeeder as well and dad can feel left out on that journey, great, great thing for them to do as part of their evening routine. It also gives you a break. Now, mamas, 
You're going to also hear from the wonderful Kate from Milky Business Lactation on Wednesday, double episode this week. So I would love you to hang tight for that because she's going to talk about something called prenatal expressing, super, super empowering and valuable. So I'm not going to go into any expressing prior to birth. I'm just talking about expressing after birth. So she has these amazing um, prenatal expressing kits. Jump online and get one if you're pregnant or a new mom or you're buying a baby shower present. Oh my gosh, what a wonderful way to freeze and store your colostrum um, before birth. Because like me, you don't know sometimes what the other side could be like. And that's one thing that I probably regret not doing is prenatal expressing my colostrum for Hunter. Because hand expressing in the hospital was in Hence, and I wish that I had some backup so I could have got some extra sleep. Now, let's get really stuck into all my top tips. So I'm really excited about this. I'm going to run through 21 top tips really quickly, and I hope that you can go back over them or send them to a friend or someone you know that is having issues with breastfeeding and maybe pumping is an option for them. This is going to be a seriously amazing podcast that I keep in my library resources forever. So go with me. Number one, I recommend an expressing pump that's portable. So it can be electronically charged. I don't recommend battery operated pain in the ass and it costs so much money um, because you're going to want to take this pump everywhere, especially if you're pumping as much as me and you're as full-time as me. I mean, car trips, everywhere on long holiday trips. I mean, while you're cleaning, cooking, bottle feeding, reading, literally doing so many things other than bending over. I tried that a couple of times and it all tipped out the top. And I was like, damn it. Spilling pumped breast milk on the floor is one thing that can make me rage. And it happened once when we're in the hospital for five days and Hunt was in NICU. And my husband turned to me and said, now I know why they say the expression, don't cry over spilt milk. And I looked at him and I hit him in the head with a pillow. Don't recommend that. I know it's really abusive. But when you're three days postpartum and your husband makes a joke about the milk that you just spent so long expressing, that was definitely worth a little hit in the head with a pillow. I lost it. I was like, don't ever say that to me again. Do you know what I just did to get that milk? And let's be honest, we don't talk about that joke much in my family moving forward. But yes, don't spill your milk. It's precious and you worked hard for that. Also, don't recommend doing it while you're having sex. Didn't try that either. But if you're getting any ideas when I said bend over, no, do not pump while you're having sex. It will also spill out everywhere and will be an absolute mess. Okay, number two, a breast bra. I loved the Medela Black Bando. Get two so you can rotate and wash them because they do get covered in milk. I loved it because I could slip it under my T-shirt or my jumper because I was pump- most of my pumping journey to start off was during winter and I could discreetly put my bra on and off, hide my pump underneath baggy tops, go anywhere I could, pump in parks, anywhere, literally the car before appointment, whatever it took. It was super, super easy and worth the money. Um, number three, have a pumping bag that you can zip up, pull the drawstring and throw all your pieces in for travel, grab and go. Number four, Medela freezer bags were great. I know they're not environmentally friendly. I couldn't store glass jars. It just wasn't possible for me with what I was trying to do. I'm sure there's much better environmental options out there. I didn't have the brain capacity at the time to do it. It's something I'd look into in the future. But I did find the Medela bags great. You can put the time and the date. They ziplock. You can freeze them all flat, very neat, and have a system. 
Number five, have the right formula at hand. Took us a very long time to find a special whey-based um, whey um, formula because uh, Hunter was suffering with colic and reflux. We at that point weren't sure if he had a dairy allergy, lactose intolerant, whatever. Anyway, we went through like six or seven formulas and it was causing us serious stress, a lot of vomiting, a lot of weight loss. I was, I was just at my end and then we hired a lactation consultant called Anne who was fantastic and she recommended this particular formula which you can only buy at Priceline or a few different places and the game changed for us. So we absolutely loved having formula on hand. It was so great for when I took too long coming home for an appointment or we were stuck, I was stuck in traffic or we were on the road traveling. Whatever it, whatever situation was in, I loved that I had it on hand. It was back up and I didn't stress and stress decreases your milk supply. So don't let yourself get stressed over these things and freak out about not being exclusive, exclusive, exclusive breast milk. Use the formula if you need to. That's what it's there for. Okay, number six, build your supply naturally with oat, nutritional yeast, flax seeds, loads of water, Chinese dates are great, also named as jujus. You can make teas, lactation teas, fenugreek seeds and fennel seeds are great. I also applied Young Living Fennel Essential Oil and exclusively use that brand. If you want to know more information about what's the best essential oil brand to use, please reach out um, in my inbox and DM me. I'm super passionate about this. There's loads of crap out there and as a mom and in the initiation of motherhood going bringing a baby into the world, don't buy cheap things. Money actually does matter in this situation and there's a lot that goes into producing essential oils. So don't just go and buy fennel random essential oils from some crap $2 shop or even the chemist or health food store. It's not worth it. Get your hands on the good stuff. You matter, your baby matters, your family matters. I would apply this um, gently into some of the skin, like on my chest or my shoulders or around my armpits. Not too much, less is more, not every day, just every now and again. Also, don't wash your pump after every time you use it. In winter, don't stress. It's not going to sit in front of a heater. Put a bit of glad wrap around the ends of the shields. In summer, as soon as you finish with it, put it in the fridge, store it in the fridge, all empty. And then do like a scrubbing routine wash every like, you know, five or six days or something like that. It will just become so stressful washing it every feet. I'm telling you, like I wouldn't have lasted if that was my reality. And my lactation consultant gave me this tip and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's going to save my life. Number eight, set timers to pump every three hours in the start. Be really diligent with this to get your supply up. Please, please, please. Then once you've got your supply up and your child's getting older and they're not in that cluster feeding and things are starting to get a bit more of a pattern and a rhythm, then you might want to extend it to one five-hour shift in the middle of the night. But as soon as you start reducing that, um, your supply is going to go down. I mean, if you're intentionally weaning, so fine. And weaning is probably a whole other conversation, which I'm happy to get um, an expert in to talk about that. But yeah, Keep your timers going because three hours passes real quick in baby world. Number nine, pumping the car on the way to places. So once you're home, the milk is literally ready. I pumped for 30 minutes every single time. That's what was really great for keeping my supply high. Double expressing pump, both boobies, 30 minutes a time. And then by the time I got anywhere, most trips like 20, 25, 30 minutes, I had the milk ready in my boobs, take it off, put straight in a bottle. It was came out warm, maybe a slight extra warmth, ready to go. I didn't have to then come home, settle the baby, then pump, 
then the baby screaming, needs milk, ran out of supply in the fridge. It's just a really great system that you can get into. Number 10, keep your pump on charge at all times. If it's like electrically charging in a PowerPoint or if it's got a USB charge in the car, don't forget because then when you go to grab it and take it on the car ride with you and it goes flat, then you're stressed. Um, if you can afford it, get two pumps, have one backup and the other one on rotation. They're a little bit expensive. That might not work for everybody. Um, number 11, when the baby is a newborn, um, pump just before you go to sleep and as soon as you wake up for their next feed so you're on a great rhythm. You can also feed the heat the milk up, put the pump on, put the baby face out, leaning backwards, put some great pillows behind you and lean back, feed the baby with your hand holding the bottle and then you can be pumping at the same time. They're so small, they can literally fit in between the pump. Just get in a really comfy position so you're feeding while you're pumping, then they finish feeding then you finish pumping and you feel like you've done a great multitask and you haven't had to do two different things at two different times. And that was a game changer. And you can only do that if you have a breast bra, a pumping bra. So you need to make sure you have that, that you're going to get RSI or something going on with your wrist if you're holding that pump all the time. It's just literally exhausting. Multitasking makes us feel better about adding an extra activity into our day, which is pumping, which can be full on. 12, continue to breast massage if you get any engorgement, any blocked ducts. I really make it, recommend um, an Instagram page called Your Two Jugs. Love these girls. Flipping awesome. Got a podcast recording coming up with them in two weeks all about them being breast tissue experts. They've got a breast tissue massage course that you can access as a professional or as a mum. And they're also going to talk a lot about the myths around mastitis. So don't miss out on that. Plus an amazing other lady called Etta, who's uh, created a ball with the company called Lactimo. And it's a breast massage ball with the texture perfectly crafted to your breast tissue. So we don't ruin and break our breast tissue. Also increases milk supply and quality of milk. And that is getting released this year. Going to love that product. Number 13, if your baby can suck, which mine couldn't, you maybe like to consider expressing your milk and then putting it through a feeding tube, which attaches to your nipple. So it's kind of like they're sucking your nipple and then they're actually sucking the milk through the tube. That could be really beautiful for you and a great option for you and a great special connection between you and baby. And another way for you to feel empowered on your breastfeeding, feeding, expressing journey. That wasn't an option for me, so I can't personally speak about it, but I have seen it become possible. And that's something you could also work with a lactation consultant in setting up and accessing. Number 14, I gave bottle uh, formula bottle at night. It allowed me some time to get through dinner and night routine and bath and to sit down and eat and gather my own self, watch TV for a little bit, whatever it needed before I then pumped and went to bed. I could not possibly keep up with all the pumping and then pumping as well before bed. And then we became in such a routine of doing that. Hunter was thriving and I just took all the pressure off myself and allowed myself to give him a bottle of formula every single night. And if I needed to give another bottle of formula when he woke up, if I didn't have enough milk again, I did that and I took all the pressure off myself. Um, number 15, avoid alcohol and coffee. It did rapidly reduce my supply. I saw when I'd have coffee, my next pump was less. So if you're really focusing on building up your supply, then totally avoid those two things or have your coffee straight after you've pumped. It's the same as breastfeeding. Have it straight after your 
um, breastfeeding or while you're breastfeeding because it takes time for it to process through into your blood. But again, have it weak and don't do it very often. Um, number 16, don't overheat um, more of the breast milk in your bottle than you need because after three hours, the saliva has contaminated that with bacteria and you will have to throw it out. And throwing out breast milk, again, is like the spilling it. It's very frustrating. It's better to give some and then heat some more if they need it. I know that's hard to always measure and you're not going to get it right and you're going to stuff up sometime. Try to keep it within that three hours and then reheat it and try and feed it to them again one more time having a fussy day, surrender, throw it out and just try to be wiser the next time. Number 17, it's safe on the bench for up to five hours, freshly expressed. So that also can take the pressure off in the depths of summer, put it in the fridge because it gets super humid in parts of Northern Australia or different parts of Sydney. Um, So be really aware of that. But during winter when I was having the highest amount of pumping, it was totally fine for me. Number 18, Defrost your breast milk once frozen in the fridge. It will last longer. It will last up to 24 hours. It will reduce the amount of bacteria that can grow, which can happen on the bench. When it's defrosted on the bench, it only lasts four hours, and that's just a bit limiting. So it's better just to pull them out, plan it out, and have them in the fridge defrosting. They'll take quite a while. They'll be icy, so you'll be able to rotate quite nicely. Number 19, um, Fresh breast milk can last in the fridge for up to 72 hours. So if you pump a lot and leave it in the fridge for two days, don't get stressed. The next pump, just freeze that straight away if you've forgotten the other pump. So you'll figure out a rhythm that works for you. It is 100% possible. Number 20, frozen stored breast milk only lasts six months in a standard, um, you know, bottom shelf freezer. If you do want it to last more than six months, up to 12 months, it can go in a deep freezer. So that's like the ones you see in like kind of commercial settings or if you've bought that and you store extra, you know, supply in your own garage or whatever. Most people don't have a deep freezer. I accessed my cousin's cafe and did rotations every single month. I loved the Medela bags because I had the time and the date and that worked really well for me. As you know, as you've just heard today, didn't end up using it, but I'm glad that I kept it safe for that beautiful family. Um, and that's it. I really, really hope that you have enjoyed and felt empowered and more knowledgeable around pumping. That's just some of my pumping journey. Of course, as I always say, do your own research, talk to your partner, talk to your family, see what's work be- working best for you and your family. Try pumping, doesn't work, don't worry about it. You really want to pump and you really want your baby to have breast milk, gather your community and friends. DM me at any time. I will be your cheerleader. I will literally set an alarm to text you and tell you that you're doing freaking awesome and I will be there for you if you're having a shit day. So please know that and please reach out to me and please share your journey with others if you are because the more women we know that can have this option, the more women have options and the more women that have options is the more women that can be empowered to make the right choice for them. There's nothing worse than being told what to do about your own baby and there's nothing worse than being told you don't have enough supply or you can't latch properly or there's something that makes you feel like there's something wrong with you or someone shoves a bowl of formula in your baby's mouth before you've considered all your options. Don't allow that. It's your baby. It's your motherhood journey. It's your feeding journey and you do what's best for you, mama. I love you so much. I care about all of you girls so much and I really pray and believe that this episode will be there for, I hope, for many decades to come to support women 
on their breast expressing journey. Can't wait for Wednesday's drop. I have a lactation consultant coming on, which is going to empower all of you mamas around your breastfeeding journey and any hiccups that are coming up. Kate does consultations. She's flipping amazing. She's going to talk about prenatal expressing. I know you're going to love that. So stay tuned for Wednesday. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bell and Beyond. Mama, I know you're so busy and your time is precious. So I hope today's episode has left you feeling more empowered around your choices and that your voice matters. If you have loved this week's episode, make sure you subscribe and get all the weekly updates. It would also be so awesome if you could leave a five-star review for this independently run podcast produced by this mama herself. And if you've had all the feels today and a mum's popped into your mind, jump over, send her a DM or share it on your stories. That would be the absolute best. If you have any questions at all, connect with me over on my Instagram at bellyandbeyond underscore and let's write or rewrite your story of motherhood together. 